Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Ralph is on the line. The Raider Nation listener line. Ralph, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Vinny. Thanks for taking my call at Delonto. I just had a couple things. Um, once, do we have a cap guy that, that really can work our cap? Because, you know, our free agents that we want to get, like the wide receivers, the cornerback, I mean, I know we don't want to break the bank, but if, if you want quality guys out there, you can't kind of undercut them. And I know for years we've kind of always had to overpay for those guys to come to us. Now in Vegas they have, you know, the no tax. But, you know, I just, you know, worry about, you know, not getting good guys and just trying to undercut, um, you know, that those positions like offensive linemen. You know, I mean, you know, those good ones, they're, they're 10, 12 million a year. And I'm just kind of curious if you think if we try to just get some of the guys you mentioned, would they – be just good enough for Derek, you know, to be up upright. And one thing I wanted to ask you is about, um, so that's more, you know, supply and demand. But, um, yeah, I, I was just curious about that and see what your thoughts were. Should we try to undercut that? And, and Calvin Ridley, is that a guy that we should uh, maybe look at into uh, seeing how he's doing? Yeah, the uh, the, the Raiders do have a, a very good um... – uh, uh, cap uh, guru, if you want to call that. Uh, his name is Tom Delaney, and um, he's one of the best in the business. And if you look at what the Raiders have done, even just the last few years, I know some of the signings didn't necessarily pan out in terms of the talent on the field. Um, and that's not his, the the, the uh, cap guru guy, that's not his you know forte. He's not the one that's picking the talent. He's the one that's, you know, Helping along with the uh, the construction of the contract and how it looks on the books and the salary cap, but if you look at what the Raiders did from a salary cap standpoint in terms of how they construct their contracts, they did a very good job. They the Raiders are not in any kind of cap. You know what? Hell, um, they're not in dire straits. They had been for a long time because it you know the way they were operating wasn't. Prudent and it left them uh, vulnerable as the years went on. The Raiders right now have been more of a pay-as-you-play kind of kind of team. If you look at the contracts, yes, most of them, some of them are four-year contracts, but they're really all paid out in terms of the guarantees over the first couple of years, so that you can be really flexible. Is it working? Great, we'll continue on this path. If it's not working, and unfortunately, some of the Trent Brown and um, uh, you know the the wide receiver that they signed from the Chargers, uh, Williams, uh, because he was hurt, it didn't work out. Um, you know, there, there's been there's been situations where uh, it didn't work out for the first couple of years because of injuries or whatever the case might be, production wise. And you're able though at after two years of a four year contract to say, hey, it didn't work. Handshake, goodbye, and with no pain on the salary cap uh, after that. So they do a good job of constructing the contracts in a way that doesn't cause them harm if it doesn't work out. Now, ideally, you want it to work out, and you want to pay the guy every penny that you committed to up front because if you do pay all that money, it means that it worked out. Somebody like Unique Ngakwe is going to get his money because it's working out. Um, you know, the trade for Denzel Perryman. The, the, the Raiders did a really good job this past offseason in terms of the free agents that they that they brought in, uh, I felt anyway. 
And so, but, but even in those situations, the deals were good, solid deals that, um, didn't leave the potentially leave the Raiders vulnerable down the line. So I would imagine that you're going to see, continue to see those types of deals, uh, constructed so that it protects the Raiders. If for whatever reason, it doesn't work out, but they're going to, if they're going to be players for, you know, somebody like a Devonte Adams or an Allen, um, Robinson or Chris Godwin, you know, they know what market they're they're shopping in right there. And and so they'll they'll know up front kind of what it's gonna cost. And if it if it feels good in terms of that, if they're if they're okay with that part of it, I expect them uh to be major players or big players. But that said, I think they're gonna continue to do the contracts in a way that leaves everybody protected. And the players get their you know, get a good chunk of money those first couple of years. And then after that, it's all right. Did you deliver? Is this working? And if so, we'll continue to move forward. But if it isn't, the guarantees have been paid out uh, easier to move on in that kind of situation. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. John is in Atlanta. Atlanta. How you doing, John? Hey, Vinny. How you doing? Thanks Do- for taking my call. You got it, brother. Hey, uh, two quick questions for you, buddy. Uh, you were just talking with uh, PFF Sam or talking about the offensive line. Um, how safe is Andre James? I mean, are we going to look to potentially upgrade that? Or are we going to allow him another year to, to potentially get better? I think he's safe. Um, you know, obviously you have a new, co- uh, you know, offensive line coach coming in, a new offensive coordinator, new um, uh, head coach who's an offensive minded head coach. So ultimately, decisions going to come down to them. But I mean, he graded out. I think I want to say he was at, he finished the season. Uh, by Pro Football Focus as a 20th ranked center, not bad for your first year starting. And if you look, if you break the season up, uh, I would say over the last second half of that season, he was grading out better than he had all year. He had some consistently really good performances. So in my eyes, at least, as the more he played, the more he got settled in, the more comfortable he felt. The better he played, the better the grades were. And so I don't see any reason to really change that right now for Andre. You have too many other needs at this point along the offensive line. It is vital that they get right tackle figured out. Does that mean moving Alex Leatherwood back to right tackle and then fixing right guard and maybe even left guard right now? Perhaps. Or maybe you just keep Alex Leatherwood where he is and then go get a right tackle and potentially a left guard. Um, John Simpson has played fairly well, but maybe that's due for an upgrade as well. And that's the good thing about this free agency class is there's a bunch of guys that aren't going to break the bank that you can justifiably say would offer an upgrade over what's currently in place. I think center stays status quo, obviously left guard with Colton Miller stays status quo. The question is, and I wrote about this today, what do you do with Alex Leatherwood? Is he, does he remain at right guard or does he kick back out to right tackle? Uh, but in either case, you're, you're going to need either a right tackle or a right guard, depending on what you do with Alex Leatherwood. And I wouldn't also be, I also wouldn't be surprised if they uh, either drafted I almost guarantee they're going to draft some offensive linemen or even brought in multiple offensive linemen through free agency to create some uh, depth, obviously, but also some competition just in case you want to make sure and cover your bases. If Alex Leatherwood isn't working out, if whoever's at left guard isn't working out, if whoever isn't working out or or at right tackle isn't working out, you've got some depth behind uh, them. But to me, 
that offensive line needs to get figured out and uh, in a hurry. And to me, it all kind of all starts with what position does Alex Leatherwood play? You know, and I, you know, talking to some people that we've had on as guests these last couple of days, it, what will be interesting to me in terms of the Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniel uh, tandem is how many times in the first round are, you know, when the Raiders make their pick, are we going to do what we did, you know, a few times here and there over the last couple of years, kind of scratch our head? Like, okay, I remember when I got, you know, the uh, the key up that it was going to be Leatherwood this year. And I was like, <laughs> okay, um, you know, okay, Alex Leatherwood. And I remember distinctly, and I know Raider Nation uh, remembers this as well, that night talking to um, – you know, uh, Mike Mayock, and he flat out said, I think it might have been his first, the first thing he said about Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, we knew this was going to be a controversial pick. We knew that it was going to, you know, cause a little bit of a stir. And I think it's okay if you really believe, hey, we're seeing something that not everyone else is seeing at this point in the draft for this particular player. If you really truly believe that, you know, um, that, that okay, we, you understand pulling the trigger, and sometimes you're going to be right in those in, in that kind of a selection, but you have to really be sure, and there has to be a consensus. And that's, I think, sometimes you wonder how much of a consensus there always was with John Gruden and Mike Mayock. Um, I don't know, I wasn't in the room, um, you know, and, and they always put a happy face on it afterwards. And it seemed like everybody was on the same page, but between Damon Arnett, you know, Alex Leatherwood, Clee Farrell, where he was drafted fourth overall, um, you, you know, there were there were some head scratchers going on. And I think that talking to some people, you probably won't see as much of that. Now, now, granted, if you look at the Patriots drafts over the years, they've, you know, what what the, what the Patriots just do, but. They get some leeway because often they hit on those kind of picks. You know, they they did see something that maybe other people weren't paying attention to or seeing, you know, at, at that time. And if you look at last year's draft for the Patriots, which was really good, and their free agency period, which is really good, I don't think there's any coincidence that Dave Ziegler was elevated last year to really put his imprint on those two phases the free agency and and the draft. Um, he was in line to potentially be the Denver Broncos general manager last year this time, but kind of at the last second, Bill Belichick, his boss in New England said, hey, look, I, I really need you to be here, and so gonna going to give you some more responsibility. So he had more say-so. In some of those draft picks, in some of the in the in the draft and in free agency, and it really worked out. So um, it made sense. The draft made sense, and free agency made sense, and money was well spent. And so, if he can bring that here to the Raiders, it would go a long way. Because as we've talked about, you know, had the Raiders hit on more of those first round picks over these last three years in a big way this team would look decidedly different. And as it is, it's still pretty good, and they're still in a healthy place as far as I'm concerned. And I think special things are very much on the horizon for this organization. I truly believe that. If 
I didn't believe it, I wouldn't be saying it. I think that they're on the cusp. It would be a little bit closer had those picks worked out or panned out uh, at a higher level, but they didn't for whatever reason. And so this is what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have to work with right now. And I do think that the right decision makers are in place and the right coaching staff as well to get this to the next uh, level. But it, for me, just observing it and, see, and and trying to get a handle on it, it really is interesting to me to see exactly where they do take it and what's the approach going to be and what are we going to be saying and writing on draft night? Is it going to be another, yeah, we knew in the room that they were going to pan this pick on television <laughs> like so many times it's happened. And, and it was it was back-to-back it was back-to-back-to-back seasons. When Clee Farrell got drafted, everybody pretty much said, didn't see that coming. When Damon Arnett for sure was drafted, uh, same exact thing. And then obviously with Alex Leatherwood. And, and you know, Damon obviously didn't work out. Clee Farrell has been a, a solid player. Um, I, I felt like, you know, this year because, you know, the Raiders saw what they saw and Max Crosby did what he did and obviously – he kind of got squeezed out of a, of a job, of a regular starting job. That's not what you want in the fourth pick overall. But that is what's, you know, what, what ultimately happened. And it kind of goes back to draft night. I wasn't covering the Raiders at the time, but I remember looking at it on the screen, sitting in Thousand Oaks, California, covering the Rams and going, Clee Farrell. I didn't think he was supposed to be going in the fort with the fourth pick overall, but it is what it is. Uh, we'll see if we're talking about those same type of things in this year's draft. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You're brought to you by Tequila and Bajada Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. John is in Atlanta on the Raider Nation listener line. How you doing, John? We already went to John. That's right. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Talking free agency, talking the draft, talking positions of need, wide receiver, obviously. Do you need a right tackle or do you need a right guard? Depends on what the new regime has in store for Alex Leatherwood. That is definitely the priority project this year. Getting Alex Leatherwood or developing a baseline level of performance that the Raiders can count on week in and week out. There's no perfect players. We know that. There's going to be mistakes. There's still going to be a learning curve. We understand that. We get that. But they've got to get better from Alex Leatherwood. Just there's no question about it. He showed enough last year that I think we can say that he can play in the NFL. It just needs to be more consistent he needs to eliminate the mistakes, the careless mistakes, jumping off sides, knowing what the count is, the holding calls. I mean, that's fundamentals that can get, you know, 
taught up, but it's the silly mistakes and it's the play in. I wrote this in the review journal today, the play in play out consistent fundamentals. So many times it felt like he got beat last year because he got a little lax on the fundamentals. If he could just get that to a higher level and a more consistent level, he's going to be a more efficient player. He's smart. He's strong. He's an athlete. He's got all the attributes that you need. He's got to put it together. And so for the Patri- for the Raiders, I keep saying the Patriots because it's all Patriot coaches now. For the new regime, getting Alex Leatherwood put together to be a consistent player is something that they have to do. And it really dictates a lot of what they're going to do um, the rest of the season. I mean, at, in terms of the offensive line. Because if they feel comfortable that he can play right tackle, then they got to look at right guard or vice versa. So we'll see. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Big Jose in San Jose is up next. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing well, Vinny. How about, how about you? How about this Friday evening? I love it. Uh, the weekend is here. Nothing wrong yeah, with that. I'm out, here in, I'm out here in the Bay Area, California, living. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> hey, that was some great information from the doc that he gave you. And just to give you a little head insight, on February 23rd, I'll, I will have, God you know, God willing, I make it to the day, I will have 19 years of sobriety, and I am an active member of AA. And although I work in technology and I have an MBA, I did go back because I want to work with other alcoholics and addicts. I did go back and get a 60-credit degree, degree program completed for uh, substance abuse and, you know, and doing, uh, working with uh, drug addicts and alcoholics. Now, when you're talking about an opioid like fentanyl, opioid is a synthetic made from morphine, right? Right. And what happens is it has the effect, 50 times the effect of morphine and 100 times the effect of heroin. And what it does is when a lot of people think about opioids, they think about that scene in the movies where people are dozing off and they fall asleep because they've taken it. That's just, um, you know, the top of the, uh, of the tip of the what really happens is your pleasure centers become filled with endorphins, right, and dopamine. And so that gives you a sense of wellness and calm. And it also relieves anxiety and helps with the pain, but it also um, manufactures this false um, production of those dopamine, that dopamine in your neural transmitters in your body. And so what happens is we become addicted on taking the foreign substance because our body can no longer produce it. And then when we take too much, then it overwhelms our central nervous system, and that's how we die of overdose. Wow. Because we no longer have control of our brain motor functions. So I think that doctor did a great service talking about it. And anybody that's, that's you know, that's on, if you know someone that's on uh, opioids or any type of addictive problems, there's help available. And, you know, it, all it takes is a phone call, and there's a lot of national hotlines. So I just wanted to add to that. I appreciate I that, brother. Mind. Thank you very much, man. <laughs> yeah. And so what I think we need, I, need, I think we need to draft a tackle and, and uh, and uh, keep uh, Leatherwood where he is because I think he's got. He, I think on, at, out of the end of the line, he's on an island by himself. But on the interior of the line, I think he's better suited because of his size and strength. And I think if we get a tackle on the right side, I think we'll be good. And that's what I got. My brother, have a great weekend. And uh, Raider Nation, let's go. You too, my man. Thank you. Uh, and shout out to San Jose. Uh, love uh, it up in the Bay Area. And um, Damon, you've got something to. 
Well, it's mailbag time. It We're is. start doing this every Friday. Yes. Because I know you get so many questions on Twitter when you put out that, hey, it's mailbag time. And uh, along those lines, I know people are like, why didn't you answer my question? I can't answer all of them because what I do with the questions, and if you go to Vegas Nation or download the app VegasNation.com, I take you know five, six, seven of the questions and I put them in a mailbag that I write and I write the answers out. Um, and I always post it. it. It usually runs in the paper on Saturday, but it usually posts to the web on Friday night. So you can go to Vegas Nation, and that's where the mailbag is. But we get so many questions, and I love that, and thank you, uh, that what we're going to start doing is just verbally answering them now. So go take it away. I don't know if you got to this one in the mailbag in your actual article, but this is from Fargo Raider, our guy. Loyal listener, with Zay Jones and DJX heading into free agency, do we consider them irreplaceable, especially with a stacked wide receiver class coming out of college? Irreplaceable? Uh, no, uh, I don't think that uh, they're irreplaceable. I, I like Zay Jones, and I think he likes being here, and he's not going to break the bank. So uh, I could see maybe Zay Jones coming back, uh, but I think his role changes back to what it was uh, before everything happened with Henry Ruggs. I think they need to get a top-line p- player at that position, and then Zay Jones can go can uh, return back to being depth. Or maybe he takes, you know, maybe he and Brian Edwards battle out for a, a job, you know, um, and, and may, maybe the best man win uh, in that battle. But I think that they have to go out and get a, uh, a, a upgrade at that spot. What is your top five positions in order of importance that the Raiders need to fill? Uh, Wide receiver, right tackle, or offensive line. 1A, 1B, whatever order you want to put it. I can see them. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. No 1A, 1B. (laughs) Okay, uh, let's let's go offensive line, wide receiver, cornerback, defensive line. That's four, right? And, yes. and, and with that offensive line, go multiple there. So uh, so there's your five because there's a bunch of different spots. Uh, and I think linebacker, too. I think they need to absolutely linebacker as well. We have so many players on one-year contracts. Any idea who stays? Free agency is coming soon. Yeah, and that's an interesting question because a lot of those one-year players were on the defensive side of the ball. And my question is, and we haven't had a chance to talk to Patrick Graham yet, the new off- or defensive coordinator, uh, or the assistant coaches, what players of those one-year contracts, the Solomon Thomas, the Darian Phylon, uh, the Casey Haywards, uh, those are the guys that you're really looking at on those one-year deals. Who fits best in the system that they're planning to run? Um, it might be a case where none of those guys are ideal fits for what Patrick Graham is trying to do, and so you have to wave goodbye to those guys and bring in some more. I would, I would definitely expect to see more and more of the one-year deal guys. That's just happening around the NFL. Um, so who they bring back is a great question. I'm curious as, uh, as well. Speaking of bringing back, this is from Darren Spencer 5. Do you see us keeping Jalen Richard? I think he is a nice fit in the new offense. I think so too, but what's the price? You know, uh, how much is it going to cost? Uh, but he showed what his value was last year, not only as a, I mean, he, he got a couple key first downs in the playoffs uh, and in that Chargers game, or excuse me, in that Chargers game and in that Colts game. So, um, but he needs to be on the field more consistently. He was hurt a lot last year, and it's obviously always going to come down to the price versus what he delivers. Hapa underscore Rob. Hello, Vinny. Chances they keep MM8. 
Marcus Mariota, for some who don't understand. I know. MMA. Yes, exactly. But some people might be like, what's, what does he mean? Yeah, I, let's, I, I was always pushing hard for Marcus to uh, get more playing time in the uh, in the Raiders, you know, situationally for the Raiders. I don't know. I think if you're Marcus Mariota, you want to try to find some place where you're going to get a legitimate chance to start. That's not going to happen here with the Raiders. This is Derek Carr's, uh, you know, team. Um, he's the quarterback, uh, and and he's got that job. So if I'm Marcus Mariota, I'm looking at Washington. I'm looking at Indianapolis. Um, I'm looking at Denver potentially. I'm looking at. Uh, uh, Carolina, right? They don't have a quarterback that you know that you feel strongly about. Um, he can definitely go to a place like that and and compete for a job. So there's so many teams out there right now that could use a starter or need a starter. And if I'm Marcus Mariota, I want to go someplace where I've got a legit chance to start. At compete. Chill Mode Q, do you see us trading back in the draft? I, absolutely. I think everything is on the table uh, with, with Dave Ziegler and the way they look at things. And if you look at the Patriots, they're notorious for doing that. They'll trade all the way out of the first round, and then the next thing you know, the Patriots have eight of the next 15 picks, you know, because they've just been packing, you know, uh, um, stockpiling and stockpi- stockpiling. And the, th- the thing about this draft is there's a lot of players that are of equal um assessment from the first from the from the you know late first round into the third round um so and it's kind of a pick your poison who do you like what do you need so yeah i i absolutely can see them training down uh not just even in the first round and maybe they will maybe they won't but as the draft goes on i think you're going to see them play that game they do it well in new england and i think it's something that the raiders should really start looking into all right at pontoon captain no, I. What is the status of the strength and conditioning staff? Uh, I have not heard yet about that. Um, obviously, uh, Deuce um, uh, Gruden was the guy last year. I wouldn't think that he's going to be back. Um, so they're probably going to be bringing in an entirely new strength and conditioning staff. We should be meeting with the new assistant coaches here fairly soon. They're almost complete in terms of they need a running backs coach. They need a tight ends coach. Uh, unless something happened in the two hours that we've been on uh, on air, uh, and I think that that would basically complete you know the the uh, the, the main coaches for those positions. So at some point we're going to meet these guys. Hopefully it's next week. Marcus, the LBJ fan, who do you think we should draft with our first three picks? Well, I don't know. Um, if you don't have the draft scout, it just go position. Yes, exactly. I like Drake London from USC, the wide receiver. I like both of the Ohio State wide receivers. I like the Arkansas wide receiver. Um, I don't have their names right off the top of my head. But uh, I think it's wider. A lot of this is predicated, too, Damon, on what happens in free agency. If they can fill some of these holes at wide receiver and at tackle through free agency, then you're not as desperate at the top of the first round. That's why if they can fill some of those holes too, that's where a trade down becomes even more likely because you can get more bang for your buck by just accumulating more picks and then creating more depth, more competition, uh, the more picks that you have. So I think if you if you don't solve your problems or don't believe you solved your problems through free agency, then wide receiver, tackle, cornerback uh, could be the whatever 
um, you know, uh, order you want to put it in, those three positions. But if they are able to scratch some of those off uh, during free agency, then the, it just creates way more flexibility in the draft. All right, last one. Raul Ernesto 800 asks, are the Raiders drafting the DT Davis from Georgia if he's there at 22? Again, and he's a really good player, and he would fit perfectly. And I wouldn't rule that out. If you're able to go get your tackle or guard or fix what you, you feel like you could fix the offensive line through free agency and maybe go get one of those stud wide receivers in free agency, then defensive line with that guy, yes, because that makes the whole operation uh, so much better. And, and it really fits with what the Raiders are doing with Max Crosby and Nick Ngakwe and some of the other holdovers that they have. Uh, I want to say thanks to... Uh, Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus for coming on. Thank you to Dr. Odell for shedding some light on a very serious matter, and we will get into it more uh, in the coming weeks. want to say thanks to all the great callers. Truly appreciate it, whether you were calling today or throughout the week. Thank you so much. Uh, no show on Monday. It's President's Day, so we're getting a three-day weekend here. Hallelujah. Uh, but we'll be back at it Tuesday of next week, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. By the way, there's a big press conference for Derek Carr next Friday. Uh, he is promoting a church thing that he's doing, um, and uh, so we'll be able to talk to him next Friday, but uh, just throwing that out there. We will see you Tuesday of next week, 4 to 6 p.m., Radio Nation Radio, 920 a.m. in the huddle.